A two-decade-old Louisville bakery is closing all of its locations for good. Plus, we talk about the newest trends in homes and homorama. That's next on the Access Louisville podcast. Thank you for joining us. I am not David Mann, but don't worry, you're in the right place. This is still the Access Louisville podcast, a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First, delivering the latest news and plenty of sharp opinions. I'm Laurel Deppin, and joining me today is Michael L. Jones. How are you doing? Haley Coffin. Hey there. And Ellie Tolbert. Hi. So let's jump right into everyone's favorite topic. Louisville's food scene. Michael, this week you wrote about a locally owned chain closing. So give us the rundown. What business was it? Breadworks is closing after 26 years in business. Uh, They have a location in Chinawith Plaza and one at Douglas Loop that I used to frequent myself when I was in the Highlands. And they also have a commissary kitchen in Middletown. And um, this weekend, uh, September 18th, is the last day. So were you, like, able to figure out, like, why they made a massive decision like this? Well, it's something uh, that they had been talking about. There's, like, three owners, and they had been involved in Sid's Bagel before they had been franchisees. And uh, they had uh, been talking about their end game and. COVID kind of accelerated it uh, because the restaurants were closed and most of, they never advertised or anything and most of their business was coming from wholesale. Mm. So when the restaurants closed, you know, that pretty much hurt them. And then um, they've never recovered the wholesale business. And also, they were having trouble finding staff. Right. Like every restaurant. Exactly. And every just business in general, it seems. Um, So the three spaces. You've got the Highlands, Chinawith Plaza, and Middletown, you said? Yeah. So are there um, any plans for the new spaces? Well, uh, the the Douglas Loop... um, a location is in the Highlands is going to become Dad's Coffee, our Dad's Coffee Shop, and that's owned by Matt Grammer, who is also the owner of the Kentucky Counseling Center, mm-hmm. and um, he just happened to be going to Breadworks, saw the building was available, and he had always wanted to open the coffee shop. Um, he and his brother-in-law had been talking about it the day before. <laughs> and his brother-in-law's son said, you know, Dad, you love coffee so much. You should have a coffee shop called Dad's Coffee Shop. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I would like to be wealthy enough just to see a place <laughs> and go, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna lease this. and <laughs> yeah, Let's just do it. Yeah. yeah. So that should be open November 1st. His lease begins on in the beginning of October, but you know uh, they're going to take a while to get it ready and renovate it. Uh, they're still hoping to sell um, the business at the Chinawith Plaza, mm. but uh, they don't actually own the building, so it would just be the name and the equipment. Got it. Okay. 
Well, Matt Grammer has his hands full because the Kentucky Counseling Center is in the middle of expanding right now, too. And they just recently opened two new centers in Louisville. So I couldn't imagine doing that and then been like, let's start a whole new concept. (laughs) Um, I'm actually pleased to see that there's going to be a coffee shop there because the Heine Brothers, which is right across. I'm talking about the Douglas Loop location. Excuse me. The Heine Brothers that was right across from it closed and it's going to be a 1020 now. But it was such a nice area for a coffee shop. Well, you know, they are 1020 is still going to serve Heine Brothers coffee. Oh. But uh, I asked Matt about that and he said that, you know, his coffee shop is going to be different. So he's not worried about having any competition. I'm sure not many people are going to go to a brewery just for the coffee. Right. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. (laughs) I have been to a bar specifically in Austin, Texas. I showed up at like 11 o'clock at night and there was this like guy on his work laptop drinking a little espresso and i'm like do you work night shift like as a developer what are you doing so bars do serve coffee i think in techie towns maybe i don't know maybe this is a new trend perhaps like ten twenty is falling in on ahead <laughs> of the game i feel like maybe an espresso martini but not an actual espresso like you can't catch me getting a coffee at a bar i don't know that just seems weird yeah i think it's like in college towns that would be useful because there's so many college kids that stay up and mm -hmm. study and or other activities (laughs) this is a fun fact about my college experience but i took a communication for business class when i was a freshman and we had to pitch a business idea and that was my business idea an open late coffee shop (laughs) Um, anyway, we've jumped all over the place. So I'm going to go back to closures and I'm going to go back to breweries, which we taught, which we both, um, we touched on both of those things. So Haley, you have some sad news over from the sunny side this week. So can you kind of give us the rundown? What closed? Yeah. The sunny side of the river, in case you don't know what we're talking about, Southern Indiana. Um, (laughs) and I am the only one from that side of the river so uh laurel put that in there just for my sake so (laughs) don't blame her blame me um but unfortunately uh, a spot that i really liked in new albany indiana uh, monic closed their second brewery and tap room over there that just opened last year um it was a pretty new spot had a great menu great selection and they it took them a long time to open it like i think they had acquired the property before COVID. And then with all of the stuff happening during COVID, they had a hard time with the supply chain, getting supplies to uh, renovate the space. And then they also ended up constructing a warehouse to store all of their canned products in um, on that side as well. So it's kind of a pretty big loss. Mm. Um, It wasn't just a standalone tap room, like it was an actual functional brewery. It had a 15 barrel brewing system. It was formerly ho- home to New Albanian, um, mm. for those who might remember that brand. Um, but yeah, so it was actually, you know, it actually doubled their capacity of what Monet could produce in Germantown at its Germantown facility. So um, it's kind of a loss for them um, and hate to see it go, but the one in Louisville is sticking around. So I know there's mm-hmm. lots of Monic fans out there that were like probably per- perturbed by hearing that a Monic was closing. They had to click and see which one. Mm-hmm. I was one of the people who eagerly clicked <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to see which one. So we don't really know why it closed. They just made a post on Facebook saying generally thank you um, for 
being a part of our business here, but we're closing. Um, but I've heard anecdotally that a lot of breweries are having trouble filling positions, mm-hmm. whether it's like actual barroom staff, or brew house staff, or like sales staff. Um, so like, I think it's harder for them to sell, sell their products when, you know, they're down people. I don't know if that's the case for Monic. I could be, um, generalizing here, but I do know the brewing industry is not immune to the staffing issues that like every other company has been facing right now. Right. And I'm always wondering where are these people living on? Like where are the workers gone? Right. Maybe that's the story we need to do. <laughs> but I'm, where are they? <laughs> I mean, we've done that in some part in a sense that like people looked for more stable hours, like the restaurant, especially the food and beverage industry has and retail in general, mm-hmm. like you don't have a stable schedule. Um, you're a lot of the times, especially in food and beverage, your income relies on tips. Um, and that's not always sustainable depending on where you work and you know, how much people like you (laughs) in your service. Um, so a lot of folks like went to factory jobs or something that was like maybe a little bit more beneficial for them and their families during the pandemic. And then they haven't come back. Right. Um, yeah, I do know some restaurant people that left the business uh, during the pandemic because, you know, that was the last straw for many of them. I think a lot of people, we could get off into some philosophy here, but I think a lot of people <laughs> used to live to work and now people work to live. Right. And like any company that doesn't fit into that mindset isn't relevant anymore mm-hmm. in the sense that like we only want to work for companies that prioritize us as people and like our quality of life, not just like being a slave to like a corporate office somewhere like we we all want some kind of like work-life balance and Mm -hmm. I don't think people are getting that in the restaurant industry definitely and you know we could have a whole podcast about that (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so I'm gonna try to go back to restaurant closures and all that stuff so I wanted to ask the group if you could bring back one now closed restaurant in the Louisville or Southern Indiana area, which one would it be? I know for me it would be Lily's La Peche oh. on Barstown Road because um, I worked there as a delivery driver when I was in college and mm-hmm. um, I frequented it through the years and it was uh, another restaurant that closed during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But I, I still make the grilled chicken pasta. <laughs> yeah, because you have all the secrets yeah. since you used to work there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I was trying to think of this question on the fly. I read the script like two seconds before we started the show. <laughs> um, but one restaurant that I really enjoyed that closed kind of unexpectedly for me was Hogfather Pizza in Butchertown. Oh, yeah. Um, I really liked their pizza, and I thought it was like, kind of this old school vibe to that place that I thought like was really going to resonate with people and it had like a double decker outdoor patio space and I'm like this place is going to make it and then it closed and I'm like what the heck Mm. um but now South Seas is there and I've also had brunch there and it's really good um highly recommend the churro pancakes for anyone who's interested in that sort of thing but I do miss uh, Hogfather Pizza because it was nice to be able to go there before, like, a loose city game. Right. Um, or just if you're in the new Lou Butcher Town area, it was a good um, 
after work option. Now I go to South Seas before Lou City games. So I haven't been for brunch, but um, their Hawaiian food is really good. Ellie, what about you? Okay, yeah. So my favorite is uh, that I would bring back um, Rocky's Pizza and Panini. That's what it is. Because I kept thinking it was, I think they were owned by Buckheads. There was also a Rockies across the river, but this was the one in the Gardner Lane Shopping Center. But yeah, they just, I remember having really good paninis and like we would just go there. It was like a pretty fast, you ordered at the counter and then they brought it to you, like fast casual type of mm-hmm. place. Um, and they closed, I guess, when Buckheads closed because they were owned by the same, com- or they were owned by Buckheads. But um, yeah, I used to go there all the time and they closed. So I would like that but to be back. That was the first, I think that was the first place I had banana peppers, which I now love banana peppers. <laughs> Thanks, Rockies. Thanks, Rockies. We'll just say that throughout the rest. That was like a '90s TV commercial ending to your. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Gee whiz. (laughs) Thanks, Rockies. I would bring back the guest house, which recently closed, that you wrote about. And I know that they were trying to sell the business. Like, they would keep it just the same and sell all the recipes and everything. So I've been trying to get my family to buy it because I am young and I, I'm not financially stable enough to simply purchase a restaurant yeah, you can't just but, look at a property and be like oh yeah right. I'm gonna have that one <laughs> I'm not Matt Grammer of the I'm Kentucky Counseling Center yeah, uh, so you should ask him yes <laughs> I've been telling my dad I'm like you got to buy the guest house so we can bring it back but I don't think that anyone in my family is ready for a career change like that Okay, so now now that we've got all the restaurants out of our system, we can talk about everyone's second favorite topic, which is, drum roll please. Thank you. <laughs> I was scrolling to the correct part of the script. <laughs> Expensive houses. So Ellie, you got to tour some of the Homorama homes this year. Um, so can you just kind of tell us where it was this year and set the scene for us? Walk us through it. Sure. I'm trying to try to be really visual with this because um, <laughs> this is an audio format. Yes, they can't see you. Yes. Um, <laughs> I know you'd be doing an interpretive dance I or would. something. Um, so it was in Norton Commons in this new uh, neighborhood called The Hamlet. It's off River Beauty Loop, which is um, kind of near where the Lyric is, which is another new apartment complex in Norton Commons. Um, and basically, for those who haven't been to Homerama, there's 10 new homes on the street, and uh, guests can just kind of walk in and tour each of the homes. Uh, this year, they're all around 5,000 square feet or larger, so they're all pretty big homes, and um, people can just uh, walk in and tour around and talk to the builders and the interior designers to get some inspiration and um, just kind of hear about the latest trends in uh, home design. So yeah, that's basically what I got to do, a little sneak peek um, of all of the homes. So some of them weren't completely finished yet when I saw them, but um, yeah, that's basically what it was. Awesome. So who were some of the key builders featured? Um, There's a lot of builders because each home has a different one. So there's 10. And um, so some of them, like one, for example, was um, Caliber Homes. Another was Castle Built Homes. Um, Bentley Homes was another one. So, yeah, just like several builders in Louisville participate in this, and some have been doing it longer than others. So some have been around for, you know, several years. Some it was only their second year or third year. So um, they're also the – there was 
I think it was last year's was virtual because of the mm. pandemic. Or maybe I think it was last year's or the year before. I can't remember. But it's only it's either it's first year back since COVID or it's second year back. So um, people were ex- and people were just also excited for Norton Commons because people have been wanting it to be in Norton Commons for a while. That yeah. is a hot neighborhood, they say. I feel like I'm there like every other week at least for a new restaurant opening. Mm-hmm. Like today was the um, friends and family opening for Waldo's uh, Chicken and Beer, and it's opening there on the 20th. Yep, there's a quills going. That that's in the lyric, which is right next to this n- new neighborhood. But um, there's quills, Watch Hill proper, which is a bourbon bar, and uh, a yoga studio called Yoga Six are all in this. Um, a, the lyric. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a hot neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the story that you wrote about Homerama, you identified three big trends. Which one most surprised you? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if any were particularly surprising, but one that it was in every single house you walked into was wallpaper. Um, and so I talked with one of the interior designers. Her name was Bailey Pitts. She said that wallpaper is back in <laughs> full force. <laughs> back um, with a vengeance. Yeah, <laughs> um, specifically like patterned wallpaper um because a lot of people are wanting color i've heard multiple of the builders and interior designers said that like grays or like just black and white is out um and actually no that's not quite true because several of them said while black and white on its own is out black and white's actually really popular if it also has pops of color Mm. throughout um but yeah but wallpaper was a big one um that was just kind of like after especially after she pointed it out I noticed it in every single home and the home she designed which I think was uh the fourth home Mm -hmm. on the street um she had found or maybe it was the fifth home Uh, sorry but anyway she um you all can look online to find which home Bailey yeah this is the interior designer of this is just (laughs) like a a this is homework this is homework for you all um she had found the wallpaper first and designed the rest of the home around it. So, huh. yeah. Um, but, yeah. Wow. So, what do you guys think? Are you ready to embrace wallpaper? Because, like, I just have memories when I moved into my childhood home when I was a little kid. We would have, like, wallpaper scraping out parties. Like, everyone yeah. would just, like, take all of that stuff so off. So, at one point, I think wallpapers were, like, popcorn ceilings and that, like, it immediately dated the house. Mm. And now... I think all of the influencers that I've been following for a long time are like buying what's it called like stick on wallpaper like not oh, not yeah. the wallpaper that requires like the glue that kind of can damage your walls as you're like having to scrape it off but it's like stick on wallpaper um specifically from like a company called Rifle Paper Company mm-hmm. um they have all these like really cool designs really like in my opinion, trendy um, wallpaper style. So I can totally see it coming back in a big way, or at least people having like one accent wall of wallpaper somewhere in their homes. Mm. My wife's a big HGTV watcher. (laughs) And so like, I know like there's some company that will let you design your own wallpaper. Oh. And uh, that's her dream. (laughs) Is to be a wallpaper designer? (laughs) Nice. Like put her own design in our house. I would put my dog 
like mm-hmm. a cartooned version of my dog on wallpaper. I It'd love that. It'd be very cute. <laughs> I know that my mom is probably upset by the fact this trend is coming back because <laughs> the half bathroom in my house, my childhood home, is still wallpaper. We started scraping it off in, I'm going to guess, circa <laughs> 2010. Yeah. And it's still like half the wallpaper is still on the wall. We just never finished that project. So yeah. she's probably mad that if we had just left it and not started scraping it off, maybe the trend would be back now. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So we've, we've talked about wallpaper. <laughs> what, what are some of the other things that you noticed? Um, so some of the other trends, one was um, kind of getting rid of formal dining spaces and having kitchens as a, uh, more gathering spaces as opposed to just like the space off the side of the house that no one goes in during parties mm. and said it you know there's these big open concepts with big islands kind of picturing if you're having a party like maybe a potluck or a buffet on the island you know people coming and gathering and actually staying in the kitchen as opposed to just only the host going back to the kitchen um so that was one and then another was um outdoor like really intentional outdoor spaces so a lot of them had um like the the roof of the house would just extend over a patio so it was like one kind of it was clearly like just a very intentional space um and they would have you know heater like infra tech heater systems and um built-in grills and built-in fireplaces and all of this stuff. So all of these things kind of have to do with gathering, which I don't think is a surprise at all after the past, you know, two years. Mm. Um, Basically just creating spaces that people want to be in. I think that's like the key takeaway is like we all had to sit in our homes for a year and now people are like, okay, I actually – if I'm going to be in my home, I want it to be a space that I want to be in. Mm. Um, and I want other people to be in. And that's basically the trend. I don't know the trends that I was seeing. Definitely. I could totally see that for like having intentional outdoor spaces because mm-hmm. often in the pandemic, people would have people over, but outside. Um, I'll say another thing too. Um, going along with intentional outdoor spaces, um, intentional kind of transition rooms between the outside and inside. It's like mud rooms. Mm. Um, One of the builders said that um, he's been seeing people spend just more money on mud rooms. So um, like I saw one house that had a pet washing station. um, So like you don't get too far into the house without, (laughs) you know, your pet, if it was out being outside, like getting cleaned off or a place to put your shoes or a place to put your coat or just um, just that in like the transition between being outside and coming inside. So, huh, that's really interesting. You know, like this is why I'm clearly not a home builder. Yeah. I don't <laughs> naturally think of those things <laughs> like, oh, where's the mud room in this <laughs> in this house? Um, I think that you've been working on something else related to homes that are pretty interesting, right? Yeah, um, so we have a product that comes out twice a year called At Home, and it's basically just a um, print product. It's kind of a magazine format that um, kind of talks about residential real estate because I report on commercial real estate. If you guys read my stories, you would know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, this one is specifically residential real estate, and not all of the stories are from me. Um, there's stories in there from some of 
other reporters or editors or things like that. But there is a few stories for me in there, including um, the Homerama story uh, is going to be repackaged into that um, product. And then also a story from the tour of Remodeled Homes, which is a similar concept to Homerama, but it's just remodeled homes. So it gives that one and people can go tour these homes and see the before and after pictures of how they've been remodeled. And um, it gives the builders a chance to meet clients and the clients a chance to meet builders because especially when you're remodeling your home, that just takes a lot of trust between, because people are living in the homes while they're being remodeled. So you don't want to hire someone who's gonna, you know, leave after they tear down Mm -hmm. an interior wall or something um and the builders want to make sure that they're you know gonna be with someone who's not i i don't know that that just fits with their work process and things like that because they're going to be kind of in the same shared space for however many months it takes to remodel your home so um i also talked to some builders there they talked about certain trends and things so that story will be in at home as well which you all can read Soon. It'll be out soon. I'm not exactly sure when it comes out. It'll be out soon. It'll be out soon, though. <laughs> it'll, it'll come be a, along with the physical print Right. Paper. So it'll yeah. be a nice surprise when you open your mailbox mm-hmm. and see this beautiful, glossy product. Yeah. Um, I think that that's all that we have time for today. Um, but before we go, we'll go around the room and share where our audience can find us on social media. Haley had to step out, but... Her name's Haley Cawthon on LinkedIn and at BF Lou Haley on Twitter. If you haven't figured out our uh, social media patterns, um, Michael, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter at uh, BF Lou Michael, and I'm on LinkedIn under my name, uh, Michael L. Jones. And Ellie? Surprise, surprise, on Twitter <laughs> at BF Lou Eleanor and on LinkedIn under my name, Eleanor Tolbert. And I am on LinkedIn under Laurel Deppin and on Twitter at Laurel. And if you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to the Access Louisville podcast on popular podcast services like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Radio Public. Access Louisville is ordinarily hosted by David Mann, and it's edited by me, Laurel Deppin. Thank you, Ellie, Michael, and Haley. And thank you guys for listening at home, and we'll see you next time. Bye.